You're tuned into Cowl Fans, a popped off podcast, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the first brand studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Alou Rumor. I'm Haller. And we are a little late this week. We. A little late, but you know, we're back in the studio. We're back here. It's Feels nice. Good. It's yeah. nice to be in the studio. Um, shouldn't have the same kind of scuffed audio from the <laughs> Discord recording. My apologies. Literally Those AirPods. Just... Flexing on everyone with my AirPods oh, on man. the podcast. So, that's all um, I had. Apologies. But we've both been out of town. We were getting back in town. Had to get mm. settled back in and everything. But we're here now with stage well, yeah. playoffs right around the corner. Mm -hmm. But before we get into the future, we got to talk about what just happened, which was the Atlanta homestand weekend. Yes, and I don't think I really have anything to say on that. Um, I don't think either of us watched any of the games, <laughs> so we could probably just skip right past this part. I'm joking, he was we there. We could. We could skip right past this part, <laughs> but we won't, because there's <laughs> lots to talk about. Okay. All right? So, um, I got to go to the homestand weekend while Howler stayed home. Well, yeah. Howler was on a plane, Well, actually. I was on a plane. I watched three of the games on the plane, and then I watched another game at home and otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. It was honestly a blast. Mm -hmm. Had a fantastic time there. Mm -hmm. The arena, the venue was beautiful. Um, really wasn't what I was expecting for a, an Overwatch event, for a, a sporting event. I, I almost put sports in quotes, that's right. not fair. But because we're definitely, we're definitely in that in realm like, now. In like what way? You know, uh, first off, it's a, it's a theater. It's a yes. performing okay. arts center theater. Mm -hmm. So we had the box seats around the corners, you know, where you could have VIP seating. Um, now, they used one of those for a caster's duo. They used... I, I saw videos of that. Yeah, yeah. they used one for... Uh, um, they did, uh, Golden Boy was there emceeing the event, so he, okay. he did some things from another one of them. It was like, hey, look at us up here in the, in the tower, you know, kind of stuff. Huh. Um, it seemed like, for the most part, they were just used really for media access to get camera angles. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, which really isn't a great big issue. I mean, they put no. maybe three or four seats in a box. There were like 12 boxes. So what? They lost like 30 seats out of that. whoop de doo mm -hmm. the, seat, the, the arena seat, seated about 3,000 people. So yeah. not a big deal. Um, but you could tell that we were a little bit constrained in there, right? Mm -hmm. So they definitely, I, sitting in the back, not even in the very back, but sitting in the top tier of the area, um, about a quarter way up. Right. Um, the screen actually was hard to focus in on. It felt just a little too small mm. for the person actually in the very back. Okay. So that wasn't very nice feeling. Mm. Um, it wasn't to the point where I couldn't focus in on it, right? Because the energy in there was amazing. Yeah. So that really helps. Um, I've never really thought about how much the just being with other people would, would make that kind of a difference because every time I've ever been watching... Um, with other people at, at like our Tampa watch parties, the screens mm -hmm. have been plenty big. So you right. could see everything very clearly, very easily. You weren't straining. I was definitely straining, at least by the end of each night. Four mm -hmm. games in a row on a screen that's just a little too small. Yeah. Doesn't feel bad at the beginning, but starts to really weigh on you at the end. Yeah, I can imagine that's got to be a lot. And not going to be something like as we geolocate, you're probably not going to have an experience of watching four back-to-back -back games in a stadium right. like this. That's true. So, so it probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal in that, yeah. in that way. But just, just a, you know, I think maybe 5%, 10% increase in screen space would have done a lot sure. to alleviate that. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, but they set it up real nice. They had the, the big center screen where we were watching. They had the two little side screens where they showed the, the whole character models with their yes, alt charge bars. Like the Blizzard Arena. That was really nice. Yep. Um, never really realized how nice that was, but that's, it's actually very helpful most of the time. Some of the times when the team colors are too close to the colors of their uh, ultimate wheels, that can be kind of like, oh, I see that you have ultimate charge, but I'm just going to look at the big screen. This is not helpful. <laughs> so there was a little bounce back and forth. Um, mm -hmm. the, it's not a stadium, so they couldn't put their advertisements on, you know, those stadium screens that'll be around the right. edge of the stadium underneath the balcony tiers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and so what they did was there were two projector screens. Looked like they were just installed as part of the venue. Didn't look like this was part of the event. But this is the venue screens. Okay. And they were running their sponsors' ads on those most of the time. Um, they did periodically jump to the overhead map view on those screens. Uh, yes, I saw that. While we were, that was actually really great. Yes, um, that I, seems awesome. It was, it was very nice. Um, and honestly, those screens never felt too small, even though they were smaller. I think it's because they were kind of ahead of the others. They were a little right. closer to you. They were further up, so they were in my line of sight because <laughs> I'm not <laughs> looking down yeah. at the stage. Just little things and like that made a difference. You're a gamer. You're already built in to look at a mini map like that. In your corner. Up, like a corner of your screen, like a 30th of the, um, exactly. the real estate. So, so for the gamers in there, those yeah. things are probably great. For the non-gamers in there, they probably didn't even notice and didn't care. Yeah, and so it which did, is totally, totally fine. Yeah. Detracted nothing from anybody and added to the experience of those who've been doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. Really great. Just really great all around. Um, it was really dark in there. I saw that. You guys looked like evil. Because you were texting me, like, look out for me. And all I could see was, like, red shadows. And, like, yeah, that yeah. were, like, slightly, like, a dark shade of red. It was very dark. <laughs> um, by the end of the day, you were getting tired because it felt like nighttime the whole time through. Um, I do not stay up during normal gamer hours. I wake up in the morning. I go to bed at night. I work a day job. That's how I live. So to stay in the dark all day is not really how I function at this point in my life. So it was mm. really like by the end, the straining, the leaning in all the time, mm -hmm. having to look really down at the stage to see where the screens are. And then it's so dark. It was just a really, by the end of the day, you were ready to go home. Hmm. Um, so that, was, that, that could be done better, you know. In a sporting arena, it's not that dimly lit. No, it's not. You know, so, and it's not like they don't have house lights in there, so they should really have turned those up a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might have been the screens they had. Um, I mean, that's just, it could have been. I mean, they had the LED wall screens. Oh, did they? So okay. that shouldn't have been an issue. It may have been an issue for the projectors doing Maybe. the ads. Yeah. So anyways, um, but it was wonderful. Um, I brought home tons of swag. Oh. And I mean... Lots of swag. That's a swag bag. This is a swag bag. So I got the Masters upgrade. Um, kind of hoping to get some okay. homestand branded things. And I did get some homestand branded things. They're not in my swag bag. They're looks, down here. Looks just Atlanta. That's they're right, right. This doesn't look like a homestand event. This is an Atlanta event. But it makes event. sense. It's, it's but it makes sense. Atlanta was running the event. Sure. So they gave me this nice towel that says, Homestand Weekend, oh, says it was in Atlanta, sponsored that. by the rain. It's Ooh, real soft. It is. This is much better than uh, what we got at Grand Finals. Yeah, yeah. So this is just, this is really huh. nice. I'm keeping this one. But all this Atlanta-branded stuff, you know, we're a Florida-based podcast. Mm -hmm. We're committed Florida Mayhem fans. Mm -hmm. But I know that even though we are like that, there are many of our viewers who are in Florida. We are trying to talk to you Floridians, okay? 
not to expel all the rest of you, not to exclude all the rest of people outside of Florida. We want you to participate with us. But we are here in Tampa. We want to meet people here in Tampa. And mm -hmm. we want to be a show for the people here in Florida. Mm -hmm. But we know. We know you guys. And I met some of you guys at the homestand event. And I know that many of you have become Rain fans. And I'm not even mad, actually. After the Rain's performance this weekend, they did a fantastic job. They hosted a fantastic event. Everything the Rain did this weekend, spot on. 10 out of 10. I'm a little mad. He's a little mad. <laughs> All right? So I want to go ahead and donate some of this stuff to our fans who like the Rain. Hmm. So we jacked some uh, these baby Coca-Cola cups. They were giving them out. They're definitely supposed to be disposable, but they are oh. super cute. My wife and I picked up extras, so we have a set of four at home now, and a couple of you guys are going to get some of these. We got... And they're for soda, people. Soda. soda. <laughs> got like a pop socket. Family-friendly show. This is a family-friendly show. That's right. <laughs> um, we also got some rain-branded thunder sticks. I noticed the ones that they give out at the Overwatch League events. These look more like wind flappers. Well, you blow them up and then they're thunder sticks. Okay? <laughs> Notice that I noticed at the Overwatch League events in LA, they do like to give these out. They like yeah. to give these out all the time. But those ones are all just Overwatch, Overwatch League. Yeah. So if you want to go in with your thunder sticks repping your team, you know, we may have some LA and not fans. Not Sour Patch Kids. And not Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> we got the hookup for you. You can go in repping the rain. Instead of just repping the league as a whole. Not that the league as a whole is a bad thing. But, you know, mm -hmm. you want to cheer for your team. You want to rep them. That's a cool so, thing. <clears throat> we got some other things. Face tattoos. Um, I got a sleeve of trading cards from Upper Deck. Um, they came in a page, one of those tear them out card things. Mm -hmm. I have done my best to keep them intact for somebody who wants them. Eight of the people, eight of the players are on it. Dogman and Baby Bay. And I think it's all end layer. End layers there. in there. There's a bunch of them. So... Um, be on the lookout for those. We're going to be giving those away through our social medias. So just and we got some lanyards. We got some yeah. lanyards. So just make sure you're following us, not just on Twitter, but also Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. it should be popping up in all those places. It will be. It will be. Everything will have its own giveaway. Each of our social media platforms. Mm -hmm. So be sure to check us out on all of them. Um, so, anyways, but it was real easy to get swag there. I was able to make a sign, which is fun making your yeah. own signs. Um, they were doing a, a meme boards competition where one of the sponsors had brought in um, pre-printed meme images on giant poster boards. And you really? got your markers out and you filled in your own, you made your own meme. That's, I didn't really do that. Something. I'm not the meme lord. I know this about myself. I made one of the other do your own, uh, you know, fan posters. Um, right. Yeah. They also, this was the coolest thing there, I think. Uh-huh. They had a print your own, print your own high quality poster with yourself in it with a homestand mm. overlay. You could get all the teams yeah. on it. You could get a big Atlanta Rain one. Uh, you could get an Overwatch League generic one. They had a bunch of different color options to choose from. So you and whoever you were with could go up, pose in front of the backdrop of King's Row or some other, some of the other maps. Mm -hmm. They had cosplayers there if you wanted to have a character in your picture with you. Um, and then they would print that out. They would do whatever overlay you got screen printed onto it, basically, like mm -hmm. a t-shirt maker. 
then you got to bring them home. So we've got a mayhem red and we got a pink and blue yeah. posters made with my wife and I in our mayhem getup next mm -hmm. to Junkrat bringing the mayhem. Okay, <laughs> so that was a really cool. Just and they look souvenir. Sick. I got to see them. They look yeah. really good. If you uh, follow me on Twitter, I posted pictures of them on Twitter. Mm -hmm. They look really great. Um, by and away the best souvenir I've ever gotten from any event in my life. Like, clearly yeah. shows me the event, has a picture of me and the people I was with. Yeah. And it's just really it high quality. Nice. Yeah. And it was free. I don't think this is something we can expect from regular events going forward in the no. future. It's kind of But it a, could always be like one of those things, right? Like this is screen print picture day or whatever you call it, right? right? And if you come, every everyone who shows up on this specific day gets come a and get free some. screen print. So it was really slick. Yeah. I really liked it. That was really great. Um, another thing that was really nice was Florida played against... Who did Florida New play York against? New York and Atlanta. York and Atlanta. Now, I saw lots of people there in New York jerseys, more so than I saw in Florida jerseys. But I got to tell sure. you, I got to tell you, during that Florida-New York game, that crowd was Florida favored. Ooh. That felt good. I mean, I mean ooh, that felt good. <laughs> <clears throat> we weren't going to win. We knew we weren't going to win. Mm -hmm. But, man, you guys cheered for us. Thank you so much, homestand people. That made us feel good. Mm. You booed us the next day when we played Atlanta. I forgive you. <laughs> you know? Understandable. It but... makes sense. It was an Atlanta event. You should have booed us. Just, it's what you should do. You should yeah. support your home team and boo the other team. That's the right but thing to do. But how often do the Mayhem boys get cheers? Not often. So Not I'm certain that was a great boon for them. Sometimes Fate fans, if Valiant's playing that same day, Fate fans, you'll hear, yeah, Fate! That's about it. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to point out is the Atlanta games, both nights, were the third match of the night, not mm. the last. So after those matches, 60 to 70% of the crowd gone, cleared right out of there. Mm. They were there to see Atlanta play. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of makes sense to me. Really feel like you guys should have put Atlanta as the last game in there. I could see why you wouldn't want to do that. It's later in the day. It's yeah. not as prime time slot. And I think that's the big thing. It's and not that prime time slot because they were on ABC. ESPN2. Yeah. They so. were on all kinds of channels. So I could see why that might have happened. Honestly, it felt weird looking at the empty arena, but the energy in the arena really didn't go down a ton compared to huh. the other games. Right. Not compared to the Atlanta game. Obviously, the energy between the Atlanta game and all the other games, way different. Mm. But compared just to the games at the beginning of the day, right. it didn't go down all that much. Mm -hmm. So the people were still there cheering, having a good time. Uh, it was really funny. I got a picture of them when they came back from a break. They got a whole bunch of people to clump into one section on the floor just for that camera shot as they come in of the crowd to make <laughs> it look like the arena was full. You'll notice after those after the Atlanta games, they never did a shot of the whole arena again. Mm. And that was why, because they got them all to clump together. <laughs> they swooped around them, and then they shifted over to the casters, and then you would just watch that clump of people disperse and go back to their seats, because you had to buy seats. It wasn't a general admission event. Oh, okay. So they all had to go back to their seats after that, and it was just really funny. <laughs> um, I know we were doing multiple streams from this event. We were yes. streaming different caster duos to different Yeah, things, which is a first. Which is a first. And it's honestly a really sensible thing to do. Right. Going forward in the future, I see that being 
just the way things are done. Mm-hmm. We're going to, especially, you know, with home and away games, yeah. you're going to want someone broadcasting to the Florida fans and someone mm-hmm. broadcasting to the Atlanta fans. Yeah. And you're going to want those people to speak in different ways to their yeah. fan bases. There's even the things like if you look at, like, baseball there are some announcers that are just for stadiums. It's your live announcer yes. versus your broadcast announcer. Yes. And then obviously there's things like radio, things like that. Right. So, so it'll be super cool, I think, going forward. This will be a good thing. But but, <laughs> but there but. were some struggles. Um, yeah. the, the Twitch stream during these times apparently wasn't getting the broadcast desk. Was, was definitely the ugly stepchild. Right. Uh, right? They were apparently <laughs> having all sorts of other issues. We got to figure this out. Yeah. And part of the problem here is that the Overwatch League is running all of them. Mm -hmm. Typically, you wouldn't have them all run by the same broadcaster. Mm -mm. ABC might show up, have their own casters, have their own things, get a feed of the game and broadcast their stuff over top of it as they saw fit. And then Fox might show up and have their own casters and have their own thing and then broadcast over top of it as they saw fit. And, you know, ESPN's live online stuff would show up, and they'd have their own stuff, and they'd get a feed from the game. And that's really the way we kind of need to think about that going forward is we got to stop thinking about this as Overwatch League is producing all these. Mm -hmm. We really need to sort of divide up the production into the Twitch production and the live TV production for these kinds of events Mm -hmm. and really have two production crews. You have your spectators who are watching the game, who are sending that feed to the production crews, and then those production crews are producing their own half times, mm-hmm. pr- putting their own casters onto it, right. put it, producing their own post show. And I think we'll move towards that as we geolocate, right? right? Because it's just, you're not going to be able to be this tight knit, like, army going around just from place to place no. or always being in the same. Because we're going to be, we're going to be all over. All over the world on yeah. any given day. Yep. So... It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to control those sorts of things. So maybe now would be a good time to start practicing it. For this one, I'm giving them a little bit of a buy, just because if you think about it in the past, we've had multiple ABC broadcasting and this has never been an issue. And apparently now it's a legal issue between ABC and Twitch. So this might have been sprung on them at the last minute and they didn't have anything prepared. It's possible. So I'm giving them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there. And I'm interested to see because I haven't actually looked, but I imagine at some point, the stage playoffs are going to be on ABC. I would. Just, I mean, just so because far it's the, happened the last two. So stages, far, the finals right? have been on, all been on ABC. Yeah. Right. So I'm assuming that's going to happen again. I, maybe I'm wrong, um, but I'll kind of I'll see it then. Maybe when they're back in the studio and now they they know this is going to be a thing. They have feedback of how the first one went. Maybe they'll get better. But yeah, it did seem like it was a little bit of a blunder. I was only watching the ABC stream on my little plane TV, so I didn't. I was I was ignorant to <laughs> to all the right. weird happenings. But apparently, yeah, it was just Monty and Doa like talking to a camera, saying, "I imagine they're showing this highlight right now." Like apparently had no support. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, well, their casters. Nest Golden was... Boy was out doing question and answer and. Um, trivia, Atlanta trivia. Yes, that happened. Go- that, that was all fun and games, and really lots of stuff happened. Yeah. All those kinds of things happened during breaks, though. Yeah. So. And what's interesting about that, too, is because just speaking from my grand finals experience, we had those like fun Golden Boy things. Those did not make it to the broadcast. That was specifically for the people mm-hmm. who were in the stadium. 
Right. Like there was a video that I was in. I got to like there was like this hype segment with Golden Boy, and I was like standing like right behind him. <laughs> it was really cool, and it was like in a video. It wasn't put onto the live broadcast. It was just shown on a screen in the stadium. In the stadium, yeah. Right. And that's really that's really the way it's going to need to be in the future. And yeah. that, that even adds really a third production crew, really, so we're yep. live in the stadium. Yes. So that's really what we're going to have to figure that out going forward. This really shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that this is happening. Yeah. But it, even if it snuck up on the Overwatch League, the fact that this is going to be where we wind up shouldn't really be shocking. Yeah. Um, I'm going to point out one more thing specific to the homestand, and then we're going to move on to Florida. And okay. Just bypass that real quick and get into the playoffs are coming up, man. This yeah. is exciting. This is really exciting playoffs. Okay, so 3,000 seats-ish. Mm -hmm. Sold out both days, ultimately. Right. Um, this is good for Atlanta, selling out that many seats. For sure. For a two-day event. Yeah, especially considering the games, there is really no hype matchup that there you really can market. There really wasn't. <laughs> right. And, and they tried. They tried very much yeah. to market their Atlanta versus Toronto game. Yes. Um, and I actually, I bumped into Hexagrams and got to talk to him about it for a minute. Oh. And he was like, I'm not real sure why they're doing this, but it feels like they're definitely pushing it. It's a rivalry they want to encourage. And it's, to him, it seemed like that because their colors were the same and because their, I mean, their colors are basically the same, and because their um, win-loss records this state this year they were season tied at that game, are yeah. basically the same. Yeah. He's like, plus they're both new expansion teams. He said... So I could see how this is working. So those are the reasons that he sort of thought hmm. this is, that's why they're pushing this. Um, it didn't feel very pushed very well, but they did have okay. t-shirts and special things for it there. So Right. And I'd, I'd rather you don't push a rivalry. Like I like when these things kind of get to yeah. build up on their own, like London versus New York, yeah. those sorts of things. Well, but this rivalry could build up on its own if Gods keeps coming out going, come on, boo me some more, because <laughs> he was just loving it. <laughs> Anyways, so Atlanta sold out 3,000 seats two nights in a row, yeah. which is a big, big thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that this is a good cause for Atlanta to stop and think and go, how big do we need our stadium next year to be? Right. We talked about this a little bit after the Dallas homestand. Mm -hmm. I said, this is what you really need to expect. About a half to a third of that space is what mm -hmm. you really need to do to be selling out a lot mm. and to be even just reasonably filling your right. space, right? Because you're not gonna expect to sell out every game, but just to reasonably fill your space will be really good. Right. So with 3,000 seats sold out for two nights, that tells me that Atlanta needs to be looking for about 1,000 to 1,500 seat space. Yeah, I think that's safe in the start. I do know, I watched the, um, there was an ESPN interview after that Overwatch League article came out of, um, what's his name, Pete, I forget his Pete last name. Pete Blas, Blas. <laughs> Okay. Pete That's me. Pete me. <laughs> the commissioner, temporary commissioner. Is it like? Is he like commissioner, commissioner? Or is he they're call. They're just calling him commissioner right now. Yeah, but I, I the, feel the, like it's still in a temp position. But I, maybe I'm not real sure. If you read that article, they didn't really give you the sense of him being a temp. Anyway, anyway, this guy. So he was on. He was interviewed at the Atlanta Rain homestand by Jacob Wolf and another guy who's done a lot of ESPN interviews. I just don't remember his name. Um, and they were talking about just this. One thing interesting to note is they talked about theater versus stadium. Yeah. And at first he was like, 
I don't know if I have a preference, and I want to have a preference. And he got hung up on this question for like five minutes, and then by the end of the five minutes, he decided he wants fans to be able to see to see each other. He likes stadiums. Mm. So that was a good takeaway that he took away from that event. The other thing was they talked about what is their ideal like crowd size, and he wants two thousand five hundred to five thousand. That is a great goal. Yeah, but I don't think it's realistic right at the. But start. it's not realistic right at the start. But. I don't know if they're going to have, if teams are going to try to have venues that'll naturally allow them to grow into that, or if they're going to want to start small and then move. Well, and I think that'll depend on the team. Probably. Well, here's what's going on, though, right? So you've got, you've got Philadelphia's already planning a stadium. Their yes. stadium's about 3,000 seats, which is right in that spot where he's talking about. Yep. But the first year, all these teams are going to be renting out spaces, basically. Mm -hmm. Except maybe the Valiant. I think the Valiant have a venue actually nailed down. Microsoft Theater. Right. Yeah, we're going to be able to see it. I think that's where the... That's uh, where the rivalry weekend is, I think. Yes. Kit so, Kat. Kit Kat. <laughs> no, we can't say that. We can't say that. We're not being sponsored by them. They have to pay us to get But that's to what it's called. Name. Oh, right. So we're just calling... That's why we haven't called this the Bud Light nope, homestand. Nope. Nope. It's the Atlanta Nope. Right. nope. Also because we're trying to be family friendly All and right. it's beer. Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah. So that's a really great thought right yeah so that it would be the ideal venue size that'd be very sustainable right for long term mm -hmm. that's enough seats that you can keep going and growing over time and even just keep lasting for a long time right mm -hmm. but with everybody having to rent their spaces initially first off you got to think about the fact of the matter is renting out a 3,000 to 5,000 seat space mm -hmm. is twice as expensive as renting out a thousand to fifteen hundred seat space true you also have to consider, you don't really know how many people are going to show up at this point, right? Yeah. We have these homestand weekends, which are the only events in the entire year that are happening in these places yes. for Overwatch. Some people are more likely to go where if there is events happening every week. Right. And and probably not even every week, right? They're, sure. Half events, the games are played at half home. Half the games are played at home, so. right? So they're playing However that ends up working 28 out. games, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. They play so 28 14 games of total. Them will be at home. So 14 games a year, which... Admittedly, that's not a ton. 14 games is not a ton of games. Not a game, no. So that should be reasonable to, to try and hold this down. And if you do 14 games a year and you're selling out on your yeah. rented spaces of 1,000 to 1,500 mm -hmm. seats, then you know I'm selling these out constantly. Yeah. When I go to build, it needs to be bigger than that. So that I'm your goal really isn't to always be sold out. Definitely. Your goal is really to constantly be selling 70 to 80% of the seats. Because mm -hmm. that means you've got space to grow into, yep. but your stadium feels full. Mm -hmm. That's I, that's ideal. Yeah. So, that I think that's a good goal, though, mm -hmm. and I think that's really where people need to be looking. I think obviously the Philadelphia Fusion is looking right in that number, with their yes. three thousand thirty-five hundred seat space that they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really great. But this is something I wanted to point out as we yeah, go forward. For sure. Um, so, what did you notice about Florida this week? Because they played two games. Florida um, was looking looking a little old school. They were. Yeah. Not a single of their new armament pickups were here. Nope. So, I'm certain they were there. We, we did do a little experimentation with Byram and Hagapun. We, we were trying out and Byram a little bit. And we tried out Rain bit. for Chris, I think. Um, I don't remember seeing Rain at all this did week. Did we not see Rain? Maybe... Thought I saw Rain. You might have. I was... Maybe I'm imagining it. There was. I was. Going I was on. in an airport. There. I was having to move around, and so I could have missed things. But I just remember. I only yeah. remember Byram and Hago being switched, and um, it looked 
better. They do. Byram looked better than I remember him looking. He still, he had a lot of good first picks, but he also had a lot of bad trances. So in my mind, it kind of canceled themselves out yeah. to an average performance. Um, but on the Mayhem, that's pretty good. Right. I would say that overall the Mayhem looked better than they have been. I think this was a purposeful decision not to use the Armament players here. I think so as well. Because we've got these players. Fans are already connected to these players. We're going to an event for the first time where Florida fans might actually yeah. turn up. I think it was probably smart of them to do this. Yeah. Use some of that existing synergy. I think this gave them the best chance of having the best games they could have had in this time. I think that's a big thing. Is that that gave them the best chance of winning, right? right. Like, I think you would have wanted to play the armament guys if you knew stage four was still going to be this same meta, right? But you know, we're, we're all expecting at this point. All signs seem to be pointing to 2-2-2. Two, two, two. And I'm sure we'll discuss that at another time. Probably don't have time this show. No. But... That's that's where the that's where the league seems to be going, right? There's no sense trying to put new pieces in and teach them how to get synergized cuz that's going to take time when there that time isn't going to be there. It's like it's it's going to be moot. Right. So, we already saw that these guys were able to take down the Houston Outlaws, right? We actually our our current roster happens to work pretty well in this meta. Zephyr has a mean Farah. We already have a good Sombra in B2B. It's a Sombra meta. You're bringing out Widow. We got Saya player. It's been looking hot again. So right. we already have a pretty decent group for this meta. Um, Fate's a great wrecking ball. Our really ghost is. isn't that hot, which is why we kind of got rolled over in the Atlanta game because we kept trying on to play Vault, we play ghosts. That's what we do. I don't understand why, but it's what we do, and we lose. So, Very bad. But but yeah, but so it was I, it was a decent look for it sure. Was, it was. They definitely showed improvement. They showed yeah. uh, some really great shining moments, honestly. Yeah. But they against just look tough like, teams. And they look, but they look like they're lacking consistency, which is what's going to come with time right. and practice and more synergy and the integration of their new players as they figure out how they're mm. going to do all that. But everyone but like was, talked about the New York match. It was closer than people expected. Yeah. So. So I think all in all, it was probably the best decision for Florida, given yeah. their best look here at this event where their fans were already going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I think there were probably some fans who were sad to not see the new players. Sure. Makes sense. They put all that time into it. We're, we're honestly very excited about it. So. Yeah, and everyone's like holding on to those new players as right. to be the fix. We're right. finally going to start winning games. So we'll just have to see how it goes going forward. Just something to point out. Yeah. Um, now, we don't have a ton of time, but we got to talk about this playoffs. Let's do it. Let's do it. Real quick. Bring them out. So we got our handy-dandy things for our beautiful pod, our podcast listeners, not viewers, but listeners. I'll try to be good about saying everything yeah. I'm holding in my hands, but in my hands are our classic little team logos that we use in almost all team of our cards. shows. We've gotten so much use out of these props. We really have. Best They're props like ever. cheapest and best props ever. And, and we don't have a green screen this time, so I can hold it in front of my face and it won't. Won't look weird. It won't look like the Tampa <laughs> Bay. All right. But um, so we've got New York as our top seed, the only undefeated team this season, this stage. Yep. So congrats to New York. They had a really easy schedule, though. Literally the hardest team they played was London. Yeah. Which didn't look great. Yeah. And they played in the map five. So I have a lot of question marks about these guys. Next seed is Vancouver Titans. Looked really strong. Started to look weak. Came out with Stitch. As I said, they should. And then looked really good playing into the meta. I didn't get to watch that game, so I don't have a sense of how good, but everyone seems to be pretty high on the Titans, and I'm inclined to agree. Third, we have the Spark. I think they've been the real story of this stage. Um, the Spark are looking 
fantastic. They're still playing more of a GOAT style, so they're not really playing into the meta, which I think is good for them because, gosh, their Sombra play was awful. <laughs> Probably the best choice for them, but they seem to have adapted the GOAT style best to the Sombra play, especially when you saw their game against the Valiant. I was very impressed with the Spark this whole season. They're probably my favorite. Nice. For the tournament. Next, we've got the San Francisco Shock in that fourth seed. Lower than we'd expect San Francisco Shock, probably, coming into this stage. Yeah. But they've played GOATs. I don't think their GOATs have looked as strong as the Hangzhou Spark. They've also had a bit of an easier schedule. A lot of question marks for me for the San Francisco Shock. Fifth seed, you've got the... The uh, Soul Dynasty, and the Soul Dynasty will always confuse me, and I can never give any analysis on them because they're weird. That's true. All I could say is Fissure's gone, and Marvel's looked great. Like, I really liked his Winston play, yeah. which I thought was more Fissure's thing, but Marvel looks like he's, he's got it all. Wrecking Ball, Reinhardt, seems like a good person to have as someone who can't be switched out. Next, you got the Valiant, who look red hot yeah they do they look like one of the better teams it's almost a shame they actually do have a really hard schedule and they have to go up against the spark again who they just lost to two weeks ago in a 3-2 heck of a match um they went yeah. to map five so oof for them but i could see whoever wins that game running the whole table sure um houston outlaws bit of confusing have looked really good and then lost to the florida mayhem so I don't Houston know. Outlaws. <laughs> but they're here. They're here. So that's exciting that's for Outlaws true. fans, especially considering their their rough first two stages. Yeah. And watching, I got to watch these teams, this team slide in in mm. the great Carpe Diem matchup. Yes. Here's the Dragons. The Shanghai Dragons. A team who's been playing this meta for two for the entire Overwatch League, basically. They've never played Gaguri for whatever reason and have just decided we're gonna run Sombra Goats. All the time. And triple DPS comps. With, and it's been working. And it's it's worked for them. They seem like they've become the meta. And it's weird that considering they've been playing this meta for so long. And DM and Ding look so good. I don't understand how they're ending up here. They should be up top with New York. Which makes me worried for this team. Sure. That everyone else is just learning this meta. You literally basically created it. A lot of people give credit to Chengdu. If you look at it, it's it's it's, it's Shanghai Dragons. It's the Shanghai yeah. Dragons cops. Oh yeah, Ding's, Ding's Sombra <laughs> Ding's play has been outrageous Sombra play, the entire his Farah time. play. It's been fantastic. The problem is, you can't run Ding on Sombra and, and Farah at, at the, at the same, same time. time, which is, I, I think they're struggling. But I don't know, something's wrong in the water for me. And then, so we've got our matchups then. New York versus Shanghai. Again, New York somehow lucks out with the probably the easiest matchup. But they play similar styles, so that will be fun to see. Yeah. Um, I say New York's favored, but it could go either way. Next, Titans versus Outlaws. Oof. I think Titans are going to take that one. I, I think Titans are going to take it. Um, I mean, Outlaws have looked good, and I think they could pull an upset, honestly, but right now it's just hard to bet against the Titans in this league. Yeah. Spark versus Valiant, this could really go either way. Advantage Spark because they won last time, but Valiant now have tape and experience to learn from. That's true. This is going to be a heck of a match. That's going to be a great match. That's, this is the quarterfinal I'm looking forward to most. 
And then you've got Shock versus Dynasty. This one I feel like also could go either way. Dynasty have been really good at preparing for their quarterfinal matches. They have been. They've been really good at making sure they get the semis. Because yeah. they have all week to prepare for that. And then you see they don't have that preparation for, for the, next the semis and they kind of fall out. But for the quarters, um, they've definitely looked really good. But Shock have looked a little awkward they really this have. stage. But I feel like out of all the teams that they could probably beat here, I think the best one for them is the is probably the Dynasty or the Spark because those two teams still tend to favor GOATs. Sure, okay. Um, the Soul Dynasty tend to switch between running the Triple DPS Sombra style and the just straight-up GOAT style, depending on what roster they're fielding, and they'll switch that out map to map. They'll do... They'll switch out five players or four players to to change their play style, right? So I think if they run Sombra like they did against New York in the, what was that, the Stage 1 playoffs? Yeah. Um, I think that's their way to an upset. If you see Seoul winning a lot of GOATs, I think San Francisco sneaks through and they probably shouldn't. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they just get rocked in the semis. But maybe San Francisco decided to adapt. Signs have so far said no, so I'm not, not going to hold my breath. Sure. But that's... That's them. That's what we're looking at. This honestly looks like the closest stage playoff. Like, I have my horse in the race, right? Like, I think it's going to be the, the Hangzhou Spark. Mm. But we honestly have no idea. Any one of these teams could probably get through and take it all. Where the past two stages, it was pretty obvious. Maybe stage one, you thought New York was in the running with, yeah. with Shock and Titan. You haven't thought that And you didn't recently. think Shock was as strong. But stage two, it was just, oh, it's Shock versus Titans, part two. Yeah. But I do not think we're going to see Shock versus Titans. I would be very shocked. <laughs> um, honestly, you've got, your, you've got your spark in the race. I, I feel like... Who's your fave? I'm I'm torn, right? So the way Hello, the balance has I'm Howler. Nice to meet you, Howler. I've been feeling I've been feeling really good about the Valiant. Right? Yes, me too. And and just like you said, whoever wins that game could really go on to win this whole thing. Yeah. But I I've also been watching the New York play. Yes. And the New York play has looked a little scrappier the than the New usual. York play. Yeah. That's looked a little well, I mean the play from New York. I gotcha. Come on now. <laughs> They've looked a little scrappier than usual, a lot less refined. I um, agree. But they still seem to manage to pull out wins constantly. Yes. It's, very, it's a very, the only team that's really been upsetting to them in the regular season has been the Atlanta. The Atlanta has been the rain. And something... I just have like this feeling, like in the back of my mind, right. like, you know, New York really hasn't been showing up the way that they we expected them to be yeah. in these playoffs. Uh huh. And I think this might be their run. I feel like this is going to be their run. I think of it anywhere, it does seem like it should be now. I'm still just not convinced at them. Like, if you go back and look at their schedule, like who have they played? They played Defiant and Florida this week. Bottom two, bottom four teams. Yeah. Um, they've played they Paris. They've the played Defiant. the Dallas Fuel. Um, they played the London Spitfire twice. I'm at six, so there's one other team I'm forgetting yeah. that, that they've played. But these are all easy teams. You're right. And they went to map five with the London Spitfire, who then, the next game, has a very close match against the Washington Justice. So, I, 
I, I had them high in my power rankings. I wanted to be hot on this team, and I thought I was going to say, like, the, they were my other favorites. Spark and New York would be my favorites. But the more I think about it, the, the harder it is for me to get excited about this team just right. because their wins haven't been quality. They haven't been challenged. They've been, ever since the stage playoff or the um, the season one playoffs, the inaugural season playoffs, they've, they haven't looked like the same, the quite the same New yeah. York, especially in those knockout situations. They seem to lack that gear yeah. to kind of amp up, minus Sabiobi. So I think it's good that Sabiobi's in the roster because he has that playoffs mode. Mm -hmm. So maybe he can clutch some fights for them. But I'm a little, just, uh, I'm a bit hesitant on the New York Excelsior. We'll see. I and like, and they're going up against the Shanghai Dragons. So I think like that could be a good game. But like, again, what I think is, I mean, it's, they're going up against the eighth seed. It should be the easiest match. So they, right. I, I could see them even sneaking into the finals and then getting rolled. Like, there's a real potential if all these four teams go forward. You get New York versus Shock. New York sneaks in again because Shock aren't looking too good. And then this is your real stage Game. playoff final is the Titans versus the Spark. will probably be nuts. And then whoever wins that rolls. Yeah. So I think I think they I think, could do it. I right. And like I'm I said, hesitant. like I said, it's sort of in the back of my head. I think if somebody said you have to pick and you have to be right, I would probably vote for the Valiant. Mm. Um, I could see it. Um, but um, if somebody said, you know, give me give me your next closest pick for whatever reason, I feel like I want that. I I feel like I would say New York. So my heart says Spark. If I had to be right, like my life on the line, pick the right team or you die. I'll always bet on the Titans, man. <laughs> it's a safe bet. It's just a safe bet. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. Um, thank you to Popped Off for all their support and help for our show. Remember, we're available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and all major podcasting platforms. Make sure to follow us on socials for all sorts of news, behind-the-scenes looks, and um, stuff. We're going to give you stuff. We're giving away things. All right. So come check us out. I'm Alurumor. I'm Haller. And you have been tuned into Califan. <laughs>